Welcome to another episode of At The Bar Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and joining me today is... My name is Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Cassie. And we have uh, a very special episode. This is part two of the Cuba episode, and we will be covering... Yeah, finally, right? (laughs) Damn Irma. Fucking shit up. Anyway, but before we get into the cigar industry and the tobacco industry of Cuba, we are drinking some beer. So we're going to go around the room and see and tell each other what we're drinking. So, Jeff, what are you guys drinking? We're Jeff drinking a uh, Sierra Nevada sidecar orange pale ale that I've never had. Still haven't taken the first sip yet, but that is what we are drinking tonight. Um, we just got back from a wedding, so it might be the only thing I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rough one last night, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but it, uh, we'll, we'll drink this one. See how it goes. But you guys made it back on time, and you're still able it, to do the show. So I, I applaud that. It's that takes a lot of work out. The day after a wedding, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Cassie, you're 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 splitting you out drink? with Jeff too, or or what are you yeah, drinking? Yeah, yeah, enjoying this one. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. I hear that. So I'm yeah. drinking. I'm drinking the Juicy Fruit IPA by Tampa Beer Works, and I showed Cassie. Cassie's seen the label, but Jeff, there's – I know you guys, the listeners can't see, but Jeff or Vito Chang. That's cool. That's a cool-ass label, right? Yeah, I've never seen Juicy spelled that way, but – Yep, it's a highly sought-after and, and rated IPA from a little-known brewery uh, in Tampa, Tampa Beer Works. It's great. Uh, great nose, great flavor, definitely juicy, and uh, I feel proud of myself. I'm drinking IPAs. Look at me. Yeah, look at both of us picking that hop forward stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. This this sh- probably should be a shorter episode compared to the last time. So we'll we're just going to get right into the cigar and tobacco. So I'm going to let uh, kind of Jeff and Cassie kind of uh, take, the, take the lead here and kind of walk me and, and our listeners through the their journey. Oh, hell yeah. So um, what? let's see. Where, where should we start? Um so we were, we obviously, as you guys know, we covered it last, uh, last episode, we stayed in Havana, um, for four days. So when we went out to Vinales, it's about a two and a half hour drive or so. And you have to basically set it up with, um, a company to have somebody come and bring you out there. There are buses that go out there. And I think that they're kind of, uh, they might be a little bit cheaper, but there's obviously a lot less freedoms that go along with that. Um, but we went through a tour company. Uh, and they come straight to the house, pick you up in the morning in a classic American car. We were in like a mid fifties Chevy and, nice. or was it a Ford? We were in a Ford mid Chevy, a mid fifties Ford, um, with a really nice, comfortable, squishy back seat That's had the springs really worked in, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was cool. We got picked up. They came right to the house. Uh, we get on the highway and we're, we're driving out there and we pick up our tour guide on the side of the highway. Um, wonderful girl named Yuli. Um, but they don't, <laughs> not a lot of people have cars out there. So okay. the way that they kind of figure out or how they worked it where, you know, she, she got to the highway somehow and then they picked her up on their way to work basically. So which we saw pretty much everywhere on the highway, like different yeah. like stops and just a bunch of people like waiting. So that was kind of interesting, but we were very confused by it at first, um, just picking up a girl on the side of the road. <laughs> like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we literally were like, okay, so we're just picking up somebody here, and then, uh, okay, well, who is she? What's going on? Not but, sketchy, right? <laughs> but then she gets in, and she starts to she's like, oh, hey, I'm your tour guide. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> that works for us then. So now Everyone uh, suddenly trusts her now. <laughs> yeah. No, she was she was amazing, though. She was a, uh, a English professor. Um, before she started doing this and so she spoke English very well and she kind of understood the culture and 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 understood us um, and kind of what makes us tick and what we were expecting so she was very very good Um, and then the the company we went through set up a couple different excursions that we went on um, before including and and kind of before the tobacco um, thing so we had like a nice lunch 
up on a mountain uh overlooking all the mountains and stuff and just very cool stuff but we'll go through the whole day um kind of what we did and then we can get into the tobacco industry and sure. kind of the more specific stuff so when we got out to vinales which is uh pretty much uh, as far as i know uh it's it's one of the bigger areas for growing tobacco plants in cuba and that is all the way west of havana like southwest all the way down into that kind of as the country curves back around it's like all the way to the west side um wow. mountains and it's all mountains and um valleys of oh, very beautiful waterfalls and things all, all out that way and that's pretty much the best place for growing tobacco in the world that's where they grow all of it for every every single um brand of cuban cigars is all grown out in the mountains so um we drive out there you're driving through tobacco fields as far as the eye can see for hours and then we went to uh, a cave first um, which was a Indian, it was the indigenous Indian cave of the people that lived in Cuba before, um, before who, well, who the, was, there were two different types of yeah. Indians. I forget the names, um, the t Taino and something else, um, Indians. And I'm, I'm, I don't remember, I don't remember the names, but yeah, it was really cool. We, um, we kind of walked through that, the cave, it was kind of a smaller cave. Um, and then we got on a boat inside of the cave and actually took like a little boat ride in the cave. Um, and then, you know, leading out, you know, out of the, the exit of the cave, um, beautiful opening. Um, so it was really scenic. It was very mm -hmm. neat. Yep. And then from there we went to a tobacco leaf sorting facility. Um, so we kind of took a tour of that area, all the different leaves come in, they sort them. They have women that sit at desks and just literally sit there and sort leaves the whole day for eight hour shifts um and then uh after that we went to lunch at what was the place called paradise mm -hmm. paradiso. el paradiso yeah. el paradiso so paradise and it's this uh mountainside farm to table um organic farm restaurant that they grow everything that they cook on site Oh, really? And okay. it's all like family style dining. They bring out just multiple <laughs> dishes. And we, yeah, we were so, the first thing comes out, we're like, all right, this is a good lunch. And then like the next round comes out, we're like, oh, we, we didn't realize there was more. And then they, <laughs> I think it was like four, four or five different rounds of food. And every single one of them was like a giant feast of different meats and yeah, uh, freshly grown vegetables and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it was that. like a vegetable soup. We had plantain chips um like chicken bread or yuca chips chicken, yuca. yeah chicken veal what, what else was there uh pork fish fish there was like a tuna um, so you pretty much got like a little bit of everything the whole table was full it yeah. was insane yeah that sounds so good <laughs> and then they had they had the best Our cocktail favorite drink of, of Cuba. it's called the anti-stress it's like a pina colada mixed with herbs and i don't even know how to describe it like cinnamon pina colada with a bunch of herbs and stuff in it lemongrass and all kinds of stuff it was the best drink yeah. we took a picture of the recipe but the recipe's in spanish so i have to translate <laughs> it and I, <laughs> it's gonna take me a really long time i don't know how to It'd do be it a but. new menu item <laughs> yeah no it's it's awesome they actually call it anti-stress so that's what the drink was yeah. but that was at um el paradiso and then we went to a actual tobacco farm from there met a farmer who rolls his own cigars his name was renee he's like in his 70s dude just sits there and smokes cigars all day and like, <laughs> he just sat there he rolled cigars so fast it blew my mind he's like rolling up a cigar and just and like takes takes some newspaper out and like yeah. scrunches it together so it's tight and then he just like here you go and hands me a cigar and i'm like yeah oh wow he didn't speak any english at all so um he was kind of going through the process of it all. And um, Yuli, our uh, tour guide, was basically translating and, and going over it all with us. Um, but it was really neat. His his cigars, he dipped in honey. Uh, it was really interesting. A very, it was very Whoa. good. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, the whole was, cigar in honey? Not the whole cigar. Mm -hmm. So just the part, just the bottom part, the part that you put in your mouth, mm -hmm. he dips okay. in honey. And he said that he, he smokes cigars all day. So he said in the morning... He dips his cigar in Cuban coffee and then in the, what is it? In the afternoon, he dips it in honey and then at, at night, he dips it in Cuban rum. 
<laughs> and so that's how he just like flavors his cigar with like yeah. different. That's different so bad. <laughs> yeah, the guy. I mean, he smokes. I think he said he smokes like eight or nine cigars a day, which in Cuba, oh, surprisingly, God. it's not a huge uh, cigar smoking community. They they are very proud of their cigars, but their cigars are very expensive. So, um, there's not a lot of people who smoke a lot of cigars, but that's obviously the tobacco farmers have access to them. And they're allowed to keep a certain percentage, right? So this, so he smokes like eight cigars a day. Yeah, and the, the ninety twenty rule that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ninety percent goes to the government, and then twenty percent goes to the farmers. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the uh, ninety twenty rule that they talk about there. But right. um, yeah, so he sits there and just smokes his cigars all day. And uh, from there, we went to the caves, or no, not the caves. We went uh, to. Pre well, about yeah, it was a prehistoric mural. Um, huge, huge, like mountain, like wall of of a mountain. Um, and it's a big painting. I guess um, Castro uh, commissioned it. He had somebody paint it. And um, it's kind of like the there's like four stages of um, I don't know, like evolution. Evolution, yeah, like life. And it starts out. It's um, I think it was like snails or like like microorganisms and then it went to um like a sea it had like a sea monster on it and then it had dinosaurs and then it had like men you know like man like walking so it was really cool very colorful um but it's a big tourist attraction there it's um, it's like 300 feet wide by like 150 huge. feet tall yeah. it's the whole mountain face wow. that they that. that they painted like they had people hanging on you know whatever on, on ropes right. off yeah, the right. side off the yeah. side of the thing and painted this whole giant mural so it, it was pretty incredible to see that everywhere we went there was like drinks we just kept getting pina coladas all day because they were just sort of like offering <laughs> them to us everywhere you go there's a bar and yeah they make them and just hand you the bottle of rum like we were talking about last and so we're just we were drinking all day and it's it's a really great time honestly um, I mean, we loved Havana. We loved getting to see the culture and everything there. But that day out in Manales was like one of the coolest parts yeah. of our trip. It was just a whole different type of experience. A lot of beauty. A lot of the, you know, because when you're in Havana, you see a lot of the disrepair and kind of the the way that the island is decaying because of, you know, lack of government help, basically. And then when you get out right. into Manales, you see just how absolutely beautiful naturally Cuba is. Um and it was it was an awesome experience to go out there. But anyway, so that was pretty much the rundown of the day. Now to get into the specifics of the tobacco industry itself, we can go into yes. that. It's pretty interesting. Um, so as we were talking about before, the the leaf sorting facility, which is right on site where they grow the plants, they take all the leaves, they harvest them, and they just bring them right into that facility. So it's right on the farm. There's not a whole lot of transport needed. Um, but they basically bring them all in and they they dry the leaves to the proper humidity in these big um, palm frond, basically. The palm fronds are like a natural humidor. And they sit them in this room and they just dry them out for however long, a couple weeks. I think it was like four to six weeks. Four to six weeks yeah. to make them, to get them to the right humidity. And then from there, they go into the sorting room. And the sorting room, like I said before, it's like 30, 30 desks. And when I say desks, I'm talking about like elementary, elementary school, school like, desks, yeah. like that you sat oh, in when you were, yeah. you know, with like the connected desk and, and yeah. seat, like yeah. not a very big workspace. And it was, it's all women who sort and they sit there all day for an eight hour, nine hour shift and they sort out the, uh, the tobacco leaves um, by color or by whatever uh, in different, all different kinds of ways. If they solid ones, um, you know, are for, for, the outside of the tip, you know, and then they have the ones with holes in it or whatever they have to put on the inside and they create their blend for certain things. Um, yeah. The, um, the, a neat thing that we kind of learned there too. Um, so there was in front of all the desks, there was a table and it was full of books um, with a microphone. And basically back in the day um, there would be an announcer. There'd be somebody hired to, basically sit there and read the women's stories since they were sitting there for eight hours, you know? So they would yeah. read them like a lot of Shakespeare stories, like Romeo and Juliet. There was like Monte Cristo. So a lot of cigar names are actually made are named after um, the stories that were read to the women. 
So we thought that was kind of interesting. That's tight. That's yeah, so tight. Yeah. Right? So but that's- now, yeah, it was crazy because but now all of the books on the table, they were all like history or like Castro books and like all pol- like Cuban it's like, politics yeah, like and politics, newspapers, propaganda, uh, propaganda stuff. stuff yeah. And that's all that they're allowed to be read now. But back, back, um, you know, at the beginning of pre like right around the revolution time, all the big cigars were Romeo and Julieta and Monte Cristo. Um, and of course, Cohiba is the big one there, which isn't named after a, a book. But right. They named all of them after the stories that were read to the women while they sorted the leaves. So we yeah, thought that was really, really interesting because. You see these names, and I always wondered why he named it Romeo and Juliet. You know, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's just what they—they they fell in love with those stories, and they were reread those stories over and over again. Every you know, every day they're sitting there just being read those stories, and they fell in love with them. And so that's what they named their cigars after. Yeah, that's so tight. That's yeah, so tight. <laughs> pretty cool. But um, yeah. basically, yeah. So they sort them. The leaves come in, and they're all you know varying colors, and there's basically three quadrants uh, of the of four i thought there were, i think there are five the quad different, is four are you talking about the plant yeah the plant five five different uh plant levels or uh what'd you say degrees of green degrees <laughs> of brown basically okay. the darker leaves are gonna have are gonna be stronger and they're more potent and they're the ones that are up towards the top of the of the plant because they get the most sunlight right. then there's like the middle area where you have like your medium body leaves mm-hmm. which are a little bit not as dark you know like just a, like you would expect a medium bottom and then they have the light leaves that are on the bottom of the plant that don't get very much sunlight so they have to make their blend depending on what leaves they use will be how how bold the cigar is they said most of the time that they use a ton of the light leaves because most people can't handle the really really bold dark leaves um, and they use those big dark leaves that are at the top to roll to wrap the outside of the cigars with. They're usually a little more flexible of a leaf and stuff oh, like that. But it was yeah. just very interesting to see how they, I mean, like almost the science that goes into it and how smart mm-hmm. they are about, I mean, this is an industry, this is an industry that they've been, that they've perfected and been doing for hundreds of years, you know? So right, right. like they, and no machinery, no, I mean, when I say they perfected it, it is like, as basic as you could possibly imagine mm-hmm. like they, they have everything sitting in far in like in barns drying out the leaves in palm fronds you know like there's easily technology that could do it faster or different or but they, they don't do it that way because there's no reason to they've already perfected it yeah, you know we, we walked in a room and i mean all of the leaves were like all just in this huge pile like on the floor like it, was, it was crazy um mm-hmm. Yeah, they just stack them up and let them dry out. And, you know, um, another interesting thing that they do is uh, they devein all the leaves that go into the into uh, cigars, which actually this was very interesting to me because I always assumed and we're always told that cigars are much worse for you than cigarettes, which yeah. which they aren't. They, it, this isn't changing that they are still bad for you. If you were going to breathe in cigarette smoke or cigar smoke, neither of them is good for you. However, cigars have 90% less nicotine in them than cigarettes do because they take out the vein of the leaf. And I didn't know that until they told us, but the, the tobacco leaf has 90, 90 or more percentage of the nicotine is in the vein. So they, they take out the vein of the leaf and put the only the, like leafy part in yeah. they take all of the um stems all the veins and they grind them up and put them into cigarette tobacco so their cigarettes are actually more nicotine than a normal tobacco leaf would have and their cigars have only 10 percent of the nicotine that a normal the tobacco less. leaf would have so that's a they say that cigars are much less uh, addicting and their cigarettes, everybody over there smokes cigarettes. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder why you have 180% tobacco or nicotine in them, you know, right. <laughs> probably extra addicting. Yeah. But what yeah, it's, it was, that, I thought that was interesting though. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And working where I work, that's, that's good information to know about the cigars. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Do you guys carry anything, uh, like of Cuban origin or, Nope. Cuban descent. That's, that's still, uh, to my knowledge, illegal to have anything from Cuba. Yeah. Um, there's it's like, gotta be changed, man. Uh, there's gotta be like, there's probably like, we have cigars that emulate a Cuban cigar that are from like Nicaragua or Venezuela. Yeah, the but, Nicaraguan uh, cigars. 
not a not from Cuba. They say the Nicaraguan cigars are supposed to be just as good. I hear. I I have a couple that I just haven't smoked them yet, but Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll try them in the next couple days or so. But uh, that's good to know. What else do you guys like kind of do when? Because it sounds like it was just it was a lot more than just a cigar tour. Like we go to brewery tours. Here's a match time. Here's a brewery tour. Here's a couple beers, and that's kind of it. But you guys, it was like a a full like trip of like seeing these paintings and going on a boat and picking up a random girl who happened to be the tour guide and <laughs> it was a, it was it seemed like a lot more than just touring a cigar farm oh it was all day it was, it was 10 hours yeah, yeah it was all day up at 7 a.m and um you know it was all day um vinales is actually uh registered under like the world heritage sites mm-hmm. um so I, and you know i'm not actually sure why i don't know if it's um, just because of the land, um, right? The it, land and the and the 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 business there, the cigars are Cubans are so yeah. renowned. Yeah, so we went through like their town too, cute little town, um, really colorful. The entire buildings. <laughs> I mean this this entire community is tobacco fueled. Like there's yeah. nothing, there's no other thing out and there. It's coffee. it's such a. They had some coffee trees and stuff, but they they said that there's more like hostels there than there are in Havana because uh, people yeah. people go out there to stay in the tobacco country and they almost all the houses you drive by there's there's more hostels and hotels like not hotels but like you know like a, a little house yeah, yeah, yeah. than there are like actual houses that people live in because the the population is less than the actual tourism that comes in yeah. wow so it's just it's a really interesting little area it's so like it's so opposite of Havana because like Havana is like not not over touristy. It's like it's still so it's like it's their own culture. And I feel right. like Vinales is like so tourist dependent that they almost don't not that they don't have their own culture. It's just like they have this tobacco thing going for them. And it's like this is what we do here like tobacco mm-hmm. and you come out here to see tobacco. And they have, I mean, on the main road, on the main road, there's the tobacco sorting facility and it's like open. You can just walk in and you can go see the, the tobacco leaf sorting facility. And so it's like, that's, they know what they do and they, they have it out there for on display and everybody who comes knows exactly why you're going there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what did they let you guys, did they take you through like the steps of like maybe like different cigars and why certain roles are different than others and the, and kind of more of the, the science act aspect of it. Um, they kind of, I, I mean, the, I would say it's just the blend. Yeah. They, they talked about the blends and how the blends are different. Yeah. Um, it's all, I mean, they know, I almost feel like it's, they have recipes obviously, but I almost feel like they have people who have been doing it so long that are just experts yeah. at doing what they do. And they know exactly how, what they put together is going to come out because they've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really talk about it as if it was a, a specific you know like science behind it really sure. um but they have all the different blends that they do and and they know and they mess with them too and they change them and they do you know every single cigar has a has a different recipe essentially of what goes into it um and they just are constantly rolling them and doing you know doing their thing now they at the farm the actual where they grow the the plants like where renee the the farmer was it was rolling cigars He'll right. roll up different blends all the time and just try out all kinds of different stuff because he has whatever leaves he has available to him. Right. So and, and blends that are the the color of the color brown of each leaf, and then the cigar that it's going to eventually make is is what blends right. are right. Yeah, different parts okay. of the leaf. So, you know, right. Okay. Then did you guys get to uh, try any cigars? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, we brought back uh, we brought back some cigars. We got. Um, well, that's the other thing, actually. So, for the if you go to Cuba, make sure you're not buying cigars from anybody off the street or just like people who are oh, I have Cuban cigars for sale. Um, our Airbnb host was was very specific about the fact that like counterfeit Cuban cigars is a huge industry there, and they'll sell you fake crap and right. call it a Cuban cigar and charge you seven dollars for it instead of nine dollars, and you think you get a deal. Um, ah. He said the only places to go are usually it's like certified um tobacco stores which pretty much mostly exist in the in the high-end hotels yeah he said there's like three main ones right in havana 
So we went, yeah, we went to um, Hotel Melius Cohiba. Yeah. And they have a, a beautiful tobacco room on the second floor there where it's like just that's that you go into the lounge to smoke, uh, smoke cigars. Yeah. And our girl Juanita was there Juanita. and she was rolling up. They have a, they have a roller on, you know, who rolls cigars all day. Mm-hmm. And so she gets to keep a certain percentage of her cigars that she rolls. Um, and then she'll turn around and sell those off to make herself some money. So there's like everybody, like we were talking about, everybody has a side hustle, hustling. even her. So we went to, uh, we went to her on, on, uh, our host's request. We asked him where to go and he said, you got to go talk to Juanita and she'll hook you up with some cigars. So we went down there and bought our cigars, um, that we brought home. And then we also out at the farm, Renee rolled us some cigars as well. So we smoked some of the fresh, you know, like freshly rolled with the leaves that were just, you know, taken off the plant. He said there, um, he said, basically when you're only doing like one or two cigars at a time, like he was, you can pick the plants, uh, you can pick the leaves and they'll dry out within 24 to 48 hours enough to roll a good cigar. Um, and so that's what he was doing, just rolling kind of fresh leaves. And, um, he said that actually the, the all organic cigars, no matter what, cigar you get in cuba they have to put a, a very small amount but a some degree of a of chemical on it to keep them from from molding or going bad basically um yeah, just like anything he said so smoking those cigars is moderately worse than smoking like a fresh organic cigar that he you know rolls out at his farm so that's what he claims is the reason that he can smoke nine cigars a day and is still around in his 70s <laughs> <laughs> so I've had one true Cuban cigar, and I mean, I'm not a cigar connoisseur. I'm not sure about you guys, but was there a noticeable difference between smoking it fresh organically and then a Cuban that you have gotten at a store compared uh, to you know, what we have here? I liked I liked the the organic one. I liked the one at the farm better than the Cubans, the other Cubans that we bought at the store. Um, I think it was noticeably a better smoke. Um, but they are both good cigars. The big thing for me, I, I do like Cuban cigars, and I think that they're they are every bit. I mean, I, especially after seeing the operation, I think they're every bit the quality that the world thinks that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that like other cigars are not as quality either. You know, like I yes, okay. I think that they're a great quality product, but I think that like we make good cigars in America too. You just have to know which ones to buy. Right. Or, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I, understand. Um, I do. I mean, I, I think they're great, great cigars. I mean, every one that we smoked when we were there was a really good cigar. So mm-hmm. I'm not disappointed and I don't feel like I wasted my money. <laughs> what do you think, Cassie? Um, yeah, I have to go with the, the organic uh, cigar that we had. Um, for one, I really love that he like dipped it in honey because it just gave it, you know, an extra little flavor. Um, like he straight up, like put it in a honey jar. Like dipped it like a French yeah, fry. Yeah, it's a little jar of honey, yeah. and he just takes, he cuts, you know, he clips it with the with yeah. the cigar, clip, and then he just dips it in honey and, and lights the other end and hands it to you. Yeah, but along with what Jeff was saying too, I think it was like a better smoke. Like it just felt or tasted, and I don't know, it just was cleaner. It was like know. a lighter. It was a lighter smoke, but it was like a a lot more smoke. So yeah. it smoked. It was like yeah. a very full, a, a good burn to it too. Yeah, a very yeah, full yeah. smoke, but it was just easy yeah easy to pull on and and it was just it was a good it was a really good cigar um and we smoked we had two of those so we both of them were really good i smoked the other one a couple days later and it was it was still good now some of them i mean they're powerful cigars we smoked one the first day we got there and we were both feeling lightheaded by it and we were shared one like they're a power there's some powerful cigars over there where you're like yeah yeah um so he dips the mouthpiece yes in the honey in honey. This is blowing my mind right now. I'm so fascinated. No, listen, so I've actually, because I, I smoke cigars occasionally, and I actually at work started taking, I just took a tiny little bit of like liquor 43 or like a vanilla liqueur. Yep, we have that. That, <laughs> that with, um, with honey and mixed it together. And sometimes I'll dip my cigar in that. Like ever since I got back from Cuba, like occasionally I really crave just like, I'm going to dip this cigar in something that tastes good and try it. And, a little variety. You know? Yeah, and I was. Like, yep. I, <laughs> After part one, like just talk about Cuba and stuff, like I was craving a cigar like 
bad. And that's <laughs> never happened. So I ended up buying two cigars. I haven't even smoked yet. I've had them for like a week. I was like, man, you got to smoke and you don't have a humidor, do you? Not in my house, but in the store we do, yeah. So you got to take them to work and leave them there? No, there, I, have a, I have a cigar box that's uh, out somewhere. I think it's behind me. <laughs> it's somewhere. I don't know. I got to find it. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah. So what well, else we happened? Got- what else happened kind of on your trip or is, is that kind of um, some of the? We also, we went to, uh, I guess it's supposed to be the famous view of Vinales. It's a full, like you, you step up on this balcony and it's just, it's amazing. Like it's just, the pictures didn't do it justice. Um, just indescribable. It was, um, it was actually the, the first hotel in, in Vinales and it's been in, owned by the same family, I think, for over a hundred something years. Uh, and then, I think something along the lines of when the re- re- uh, revolution happened, they seized it from the family, and then they gave it back to the family afterwards to run it. So now they're still running it, but obviously they don't own the hotel anymore. Um, but it's it was on top of a not on top of a mountain, but it was like kind of in the middle of a valley mm-hmm. and you were surrounded by all of the beautiful mountains of Vinales, but you were also elevated enough that you were looking down into a valley at the same time as being in a valley, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So it's a valleyception. So, so yeah, it was exactly. <laughs> and and then there was mountains all around you, 360 degrees around you. And it was just the most beautiful. I felt like, like I was in land before time kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's oh, all really? like dinosaurs going to like, come you, on you're looking out over, you know, <laughs> miles and miles and miles of untouched mountainside yeah. and, and you know, that in this valley, everything is green. There's no houses in there. There was no, it was just all green and the water was beautiful. Like the rivers that were running through it and everything. And it's like, I don't think I've ever seen a place where you look out like that and just not any houses. Like it was just completely untouched wilderness. Natural, yeah. Sounds like a scene from Jurassic park. It looked like Jurassic park. <laughs> Genuinely looked like That's Jurassic park. Getting, yeah. Like when <laughs> it's a cartoon, so I guess probably not the best. Uh, <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like when they're running from those uh, from those little like bird things, they have to jump behind that big log in Jurassic with, Park. With the the reboot a, with a the little, Jimmy, yeah, or the I, Jimmy Buffett scene. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett scene. I don't know. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in a while, but it's yeah, the big valley that they're in in that scene. In that, it's it looks like cool. It's it's an absolutely absolutely beautiful uh, spot. That was the last place we went before we hit the road, um, and headed back. And then we both fell asleep on the on the ride back because it was a long drive. Yeah, it was really <laughs> neat though. On like on the way there, um, I mean, it was a two and a half hour ride. So Yuli kind of, I mean, she took it even further. And instead of just talking about Vinale, she pretty much told us like Cuba's history during that whole like ride. Like she mm-hmm. started. I mean, pre, you know, before Batista, I think she kind of started, mm-hmm. you know, from there and then just kind of went through the whole history. So it was really interesting to also, you know, get a local's take on on the history and, um, you know, especially the, the politics side. Yeah, because, yeah. That, that you know, we don't know the whole history about Cuba because it was so isolated and cut off. Mm-hmm. We And, and they know, don't us. they don't know it either, per se. I mean, they know it. It just both sides were so um, like the news was so redacted on both sides because we didn't want we didn't want America to know what was going on when with us and in Cuba and all that stuff. So we told this whole big story here and, you know, obviously two sides of every argument, but they have the exact same thing over there where they didn't want the American news leaking into the Cuban, you know, population there. So they have a totally different view of the exact same events than we have and we've never heard in america you've never heard their side and they've never heard our side until now which is like the last few years when we finally have been able to go over there Mm -hmm. they're so interested in our culture because they don't know anything about us and we're so close to them but they don't they're not allowed to like they do now now they have our news and they're very into our politics and they're very into our current events and like they know more. I would say the average Cuban person we talk to knows more about our politics than we do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I go oh, yeah. so into it and they understand it. And it's just, it was, it's very interesting. It's really cool. And she's, 
she's a very smart woman and she was talking yeah. about a lot of history with her country and our country and everything and it was really very interesting i mean it's it's man I'm, I'm you know this part and like part one has got me like so like intrigued and excited that you know we can finally learn about another country that's so close to us and then vice versa and and uh, it's just this blossoming relationship that's slowly building over time as of now is like really cool and exciting and like interesting and everything to where, you know, it, it, I don't know. It just gets me excited in a, in a way that's like one day maybe we'll get real Cuban cigars and maybe one day we'll get actual like Cuban rum and all these different things that we can experience. And then they can experience, you know, our Bud Lights, our Bacardi's. <laughs> fantastic for a fireball like come on they, they need a fireball train they would love fireball i think they would there. love the american trash that we <laughs> yeah. um so. no yeah it is it's really cool to see and it's just it, hopefully it keeps going in the right direction the thing that really kind of it's not upsetting but like like you were saying hopefully we'll get there to we'll get their cigars and we'll get their rum that us not having that hurts them so much because that's the exact they need those exports they need that money coming in to fix their infrastructure and to get themselves out of the hole they've been dug into for the last 60 years yeah. so it's not and, and they want like they want that but they can't you know the governments don't get along so hopefully it'll work out where there's some kind of there's some kind of middle ground for us where our relationship with cuba can be beneficial to both parties um, but they're obviously hesitant because in the past it was not set up to be beneficial for both oh, parties. It was, set up for us to, it was set up for us to basically just do what we wanted with Cuba. So um, hopefully we're moving in the right direction, but they do. I mean, they could use, they love the tourist money. Believe me, they, they love the tourism coming in. They need the money. Um, they need the help, but they can't ask for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the way yeah. that the world is right now. So oh. hopefully it is going the right direction because it will be a really cool place for people to Hell go yeah. to. Sounds like it. Hell yeah. So you guys ready for uh, for some questions? Do you want to take a break or you want to go on a... I'm ready, man. I am ready. Let's ready? just go. Let's just, let's, just, let's just do it. We'll just do it. So we got a bunch of questions. So thanks to everybody who submitted questions on all the social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The website whatever whatever the case is thanks for submitting your questions so we're going to go down the list here and if we've co already covered it sorry but we'll we'll uh brief talk briefly about it just like part one so first question what ingredients are used in a cuban cigar but not in other foreign cigars and this is um, a question i want to know too okay i would say that it's not the ingredients that are not used i would say if anything cuban cigars use no extra ingredients if that makes sense they don't they don't add anything to their cigars um it's all tobacco and it's all hand sorted leaves and and dried the right way the old the old style way and they just take the time to make a good product um they mentioned that there is some kind of preservative that's put on them at the factories to keep them from going bad um which gives them a shelf life of up to 12 years instead of four years um but it's they said basically it's not a whole lot of anything um it's flavorless and it uh, you know i don't i don't know what it is so i can't say that other companies sure, sure. don't use it or not um i would say that from my experience with especially american cigars that there is more way more ingredients that go into them um there is flavors and there's different um you know i don't know what they put in them that give them these certain flavors and these different things but there are you're not going to find like a cherry flavored cuban cigar you know what i mean they use extract um, <laughs> but in america you see that kind of stuff and uh, and i've seen that and you know so i would say if anything it's not the ingredients are different it's just that they actually take the time to make the product properly and they don't put any extra bull crap in it they just make it they make it the way it's been made forever mm -hmm. sure all right Question numero dos. What is the main difference between what is the main difference in different Cuban cigars? Example, a Cohiba or a Paragos Serie D number four, which was the most popular in 2016. Hmm. Um, so I, I would say I think we kind of covered that with the leaves yeah, that are blend. used and the yeah. blends. They Blends used, are different. For so 
Well, I guess we didn't actually really go into this. So all the tobacco farms and all of the tobacco uh, companies, there's seven companies that make all of the Cuban cigars. Um, and so every different kind of cigar made underneath that brand comes from one of those seven companies. So there's hundreds of different Cuban cigars that all work for under one of those seven companies. However, two tobacco factories supply all the tobacco. Both tobacco factories mm. are owned by the Cuban government. So, mm. so they all use the exact same products. The only difference is the blend. They, mm. what, they, they have a proprietary mix of certain leaves, and that's it. So okay. that's the okay. difference. All right. Man, you guys are so knowledgeable. Try to be. Uh, we try to be, man. I do a lot of research. <laughs> uh, next question. Is there an age restriction on buying cigars? What about using cigars? Uh, obviously, in the U.S., the age restriction is 18. Unless you shop at the company I work for, then you have to be 21. And then it goes into the different percentages about pe percentages of high school students buying cigars and cigar users and stuff. But is there is there an age restriction in Cuba for cigars? Um, she said that there is. In fact, she she said that there is, but she didn't really give me an age because I don't think that they really mandate it. I mean, she said no. She said it was eighteen. Did she? Yeah. She's kind of. She was kind of hesitant about answering that. I feel like at first because I think it's just such. It's just part of their culture. Like same. You know, in Italy, you know, kids and teenagers will have you know a glass of wine, you know, at dinner with their parents, kind of thing. Um, right. But I think it's more so like cigarettes than cigars um, for a, the younger kids. Yeah, too. it's a lot of cigarettes. She said that the age is eighteen. However. Um, everybody starts younger basically and they all know you know they can find somebody will sell them cigar or cigarettes or whatever um and that some people start as young as 12 13 and they yeah. they and pretty much everybody smokes cigarettes over there it's just yeah. the way the way things are i mean it's kind of like us in america you know drinking age is 21 cigar cigarette cigar buying is 18 but more times than not, people have both of those things in their hand, in their possession before the legal age anyways. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. I gotcha. All right, next question. What should buyers look out for when purchasing a cigar? Any kind of size? Um, well, we kind of mentioned it. Don't buy it off the street. Buy it from. There's, there's really store. not a whole lot of certified places to buy them. Um, the reason that they the ones in the hotels are the places to go to is that the hand, the hand rollers that they have on staff there worked in like Cohiba factories or they worked in other tobacco factories. That, so they actually know all the blends for like the big name cigars. Um, and so they'll roll you an actual good cigar. I mean, you can buy a regular Cohiba there too, obviously and that it wasn't rolled in house, but um, there's not a whole lot of stores that like you don't go, walking down the street and just happen to across, you know, a tobacco store on the street, you have to actually seek it out and it's going to be in a hotel or something. That's really the only safe bet. As far as what we were told, I'm sure you can get good Cuban cigars, many different places. I'm sure the locals know where they are, but we were told to just avoid that altogether and just go to the hotel, play the hotel places to get them and that, you know, you're going to get a good quality cigar. So yeah. that's what I would look out for. And then like as your far as size uh, goes, it's just preference. Yeah, it seems like your Airbnb host uh, definitely hooked you guys up with a lot of advice and knowledge. So I, I would follow that more so than maybe what a local would say, especially mm -hmm. if you're visiting. You know, mm -hmm. we don't know any better. So high end hotels, they were, guys. They were great. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Uh, they were definitely awesome, and they are doing well after the hurricane too. So good. That's good to hear. That's very mm -hmm. good to hear. Um, all right, next question. What is the smoking culture in Cuba? Is there such a thing as smoking etiquette? So hmm. I guess that's a, that's a pretty loaded question. That can go all different ways. Um, yeah, Jeff would smoke a cigar on the side of the street and be spitting in the street, which is looked down upon there. Um, <laughs> Don't spit. Don't spit in the street. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I know Yuli was saying that 
cigars there. You know, I expected going there and seeing a bunch of people smoking cigars on the street, but it's actually considered, you know, a luxury item for them as well. So you see a lot of people smoking cigarettes pretty much anywhere. Um, they're pretty cheap there as well. Um, but cigars, it's kind of, they use it for, you know, special occasions, um, mainly. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe because it's so like, there's it's kind of like if you're surrounded by it, you have if you're if you work in like I don't know like a pizza place, mm-hmm. the last thing you want is pizza because you're surrounded by it all the time. Is you know you're kind of over it. Maybe that's what. Yeah. Maybe that's what the culture is a little bit. I think it's also almost like a respect for the craft too. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like they they spend so much time like really. Just, crafting them and making sure that they're you know like a great cigar that it's just it's great for special occasions um yes so is there a thing to where like after dinner eating dinner with your family that you know they smoke a cigar after do they pair it with like a dessert or anything like that that you guys kind of picked up on or is it just kind of like a special occasion like uh, um because well no i am I don't think that it was anything like that because usually, I mean, as far as the cigarettes go, there was no like special time. They would just smoke a cigarette whenever they felt like smoking a cigarette. Um, and in the okay. cigars, we really didn't see very many people smoking cigars uh, in Cuba at all. So it, I don't think it was really an after dinner thing. Um, now at the hotels, everybody after dinner would go out to the courtyard. Sorry, guys, we had a little technical difficulty. So we're just going to move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me pull up on my phone because I, I was texting Cassie about the phone. Yeah, they're not going out. Anyway, uh, smoking culture. So it's pretty much, it seems like cigars are just a special occasion, no real specific kind of point to smoking them. Like not for like, it's just kind of like any kind of special occasion. seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question, cigars versus cigarettes in Cuba. Are c- cigarettes still smoked? Pretty yeah, sure that was a yes. Heavily yeah, answered answered that, yeah. Yep. Yep. A lot That's of cigarettes. A lot of cigarettes. Would you, rum, say, would you say more cigarettes are smoked in Cuba or in the United States? Ooh. Per person? Like per capita? Yeah, per person. Cuba. Yeah, per person. Well, especially yeah. now. I we have so much America's like has so much money going into anti smoking now. Um yeah. and yeah. really just trying to educate people to not start smoking cigarettes that I feel like over there they're they, I would say the average person smokes cigarettes over there way more than the average person in America does. Okay, I gotcha. That's a guess, though. Don't hold me to that. Right, right. Well, we're not known to be experts, enthusiasts. No, we are not. <laughs> uh, next question How does the tobacco industry affect the beverage industry? Do they go hand in hand? Um, I, uh, I, I don't know if they affect each other. Yeah. I don't, it's not like, I mean, they sell cigarettes where they sell alcohol a lot of times, just like in America. Um, a lot of bars sell cigarettes and, and such. Uh, they're, they're the two major industries. I mean, that and coffee are like the only things that Cuba is known for, or that they only things they can really make a lot of money off of. So, it's not like I don't think they directly compete by any means. I just don't know if they really affect each other either. Yeah, I agree. I don't that. think they compete. I think they. I think. I mean, I, I. I would assume it's just like here to where people, you know, don't. I mean, how many people don't smoke unless they're drinking? Like I know at least like six, seven people. Yeah. Who literally can go without a cigarette until they have a beer or a, a spirit drink to where now they're outside fucking smoking at the bar. So I, I feel it's kind of like that to where. They don't compete necessarily, necessarily, but they they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, maybe there is a you know I we didn't we didn't really ask, um, but we did go to a bar. The Fox and Crow had smoking, smoking. inside, right? And, yeah, I think so. And a lot of people were smoking in in there. So, and it, and it seems believe, it seems smoking cigarettes in Cuba is a lot more like publicly accepted. Well, it's very America, much where you you just scoffed at. I feel like it's uh, that's pretty standard in most other countries I've been to. Like when you go to Europe, people smoke in the bars there and all over the place as well. Um, they usually hand roll cigarettes over there, a lot mm-hmm. of them. 
but in mm-hmm. Spain, especially like where I was in Southern Spain, everybody smoked cigarettes everywhere. So I feel like it's, I mean, it's dependent where you are, but I've seen that as a cu- cultural norm more outside of the United States than I have here. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, next question. What makes Vanales a perfect place to grow tobacco and produce cigars? Besides the views. Woo. <laughs> um, I don't I mean, has really. To be the environment. Has to be the yeah, environment. The weather, the, you weather know, the temperature, the way the yeah, it has to be out, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's definitely that. I mean, the the way they're surrounded by the mountains keeps a lot of the storms out as well. It's like a much more moderate. Um, you know, they have like more moderate weather, but it's still hot as hot as you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure it's just you know, the the, the environment, the weather, the soil. Yeah. Um, they do have a different soil out there. It's almost like a clay type soil. Mm, that's um, interesting. And they grow. Yeah. yeah it was almost like a reddish. It's, it's a lot harder. Color, yeah. mm-hmm. Hada. I don't know how they figured it out, but the Indians who were there originally were growing tobacco there and they passed that down to everybody who's been out there since. God so they know that that's the place to grow it. God bless them. All right. Next question. Are there other main valleys in Cuba that grow tobacco uh, and produce cigars? Um, I don't know. Let me Google. (laughs) 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 I don't know of any off the top of my head. They they weren't really mentioned. Um, I think Vinales, for one, definitely is the most known, if there are others. so Vanales is really kind of the, the the epicenter, the capital of the Cuban cigar industry. I'm sure there's you know pop, yeah, not pop I, farms I, and weed, but like sporadic farms kind of throughout Cuba that right. And but I think like there's certain parts of Cuba, other parts of Cuba that kind of have like the same you know mountainous um, and uh, kind of like valley regions. Um, so I don't know if everything they grow east, them there. Yeah. Well, everything east of uh Havana southeast isn't particularly mountainous until you get all the way down all to the, the way east, down the yeah. eastmost point of Cuba yeah southeast part yeah that's where it gets mountainous again so southeast and then all the way west all the way pretty west much is yeah everything in the middle is pretty flat yeah interesting and Cuba's not very big either no, no. um the last question guys other interesting facts about Vanales and the tobacco industry that we may or may not have already covered i know we covered a couple cool ass things but anything that we haven't mentioned um i don't know it's just it's beautiful it's it's like i said it's almost undescribable um the views the the people there uh, it was really neat because we were getting in the car and we were about to leave vinales and um this woman walks up to the car and and yuli gets out she gives her a big hug and blah blah, blah. And she goes oh she goes this is my mom you know, so it's really <laughs> neat because, <laughs> I mean, she gets to see her family every day at work because it's just, it's a small town. I mean, right. huge region, but small town. Um, you know, she grew up in that, in that area. So it was, right. the, it was just very friendly people. Um, yeah, she's, she's one of the people who grew up in Vinales, which is a very small population, even though the town itself is pretty big. But like I said, it's all tourism. So there's actually a small population of, of people who live there. And she now, Yuli now lives in uh, Havana, like outside of Havana, uh-huh. um, which is two and a half hours away. But for her job, she drives into Vinales almost every day. So she goes back to Vinales almost every day and sees her family, which is, oh. it's, it was just very cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like, like Cassie was saying, I don't think I've didn't, I don't think I met a single person in Cuba, but in Vinales or Havana, where I left that conversation was like, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> every person we met was just so nice and inviting and i mean the people at the restaurant at paradiso were just super nice oh, um and everybody was bent over backwards to make sure you had a good time and a, and a good meal and a, whatever yeah. you know whatever you were there to experience they wanted to make sure that you experienced it and and you know as good as you could so it's a really awesome, awesome place to go. Yep. That's awesome. Well, that's it for questions, guys. So once again, thanks again for submitting them. Hopefully, this episode and this episode is pretty fulfilling for me. I learned a lot, and I'm kind of I'm in a weird way glad you guys went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
Me too. Uh, us, us too. Yeah. Because you guys, you guys really came back. You guys killed it, man. I'm so proud of you guys as a coworker and as a friend that you guys came back with such fruitful knowledge and still remembered it. And all these weeks later, you know, uh, I, th- well, I think these were good episodes. I'm really proud of them. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's funny, actually. I was going to tell you, I was going to say this, but I forgot to earlier. We were looking at after the hurricane, um, we were looking at articles about the destruction in Cuba and stuff like that. And so there's pictures of Havana and we don't, I mean, I I say, I don't know if they, if the person who took the pictures has ever been to Havana or not before, but there was pictures and some of it was destruction and trees knocked down and stuff, but some of it was just the way the city is already in disrepair. And, and so we were, you know, we're like, I went back and compared them to my pictures and there's definitely buildings that just already looked that way and streets that already looked that way. Not to take Um, that lightly. I mean, they had, Oh, they got, they got hammered pretty good. Yeah. 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 But it was just, it was interesting to see that too, where people look at what they're living in as it, and, and they're like, man, I can't believe the destruction from this hurricane. It's like, that's just the way that the, the government's allowed their, their country to fall apart. You know what I mean? It's, and they're, they're resilient and they well, i mean like i said we talked to our hosts uh the other day and they said that they're doing fine and that you know a lot to rebuild and a lot to put back together but that you know they're good so awesome that's um, good news I thought, was, I thought it was cool because i was just like we had we we had the frame of me- reference of literally a month before the storm came through and then to see what it looks like now after the storm came through and there was definitely a lot of destruction but there sure. was there was other stuff where I mean they don't we told you we told you the flooding there with just a regular rainstorm yeah. was out, out knee high in the street we were walking you through shoes. and now yeah and now yeah. they I mean they just got so much flooding from that hurricane it's just there's no there, nothing good came of it but yeah well at I'm least your your host is okay and yeah yeah so good any anything you guys kind of want to want to say before we uh we sign yeah. off. Well, if anybody's curious, um, the the tour company that we used was called Discover Vinales. Um, just we highly recommend it. It was a great experience. If you do go, um, ask for Yuli. Um, I think it's spelled Y U L E Y, right? Y U L E Y. Y U L E. Yeah, Yuli. Um, she was wonderful. She's only I think she's the only woman tour mm-hmm. guide in their company, um, but she was great. Um, you know. It, She's younger, you know, a little bit older than us, I think, and um, so she's very relatable, and and it was it was a great time. So, uh, awesome. discover being honest, yeah. Definitely go, and if you do go, got to go out to the tobacco fields and or tobacco yeah. farms and see everything. Go take that tour, um, but go to Cuba, and I, you know, I've been telling people since I got back. Don't go with the don't go and expect to sit on a beach and drink mojitos, but go with the right mindset of of what you're going to experience and really go with open uh, open mind and want to see the culture and stuff and you won't be disappointed. It's just such a unique place that nobody else has has made their own yet. It's just them and it's like it's it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. a really it's the coolest trip I've ever been on due to just how unique everything is that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, people listen, listen to these episodes and, and it becomes a, a viable resource for them to kind of learn about what to do and what not to do. And, and that's pretty much the whole point of us doing these episodes is not only sharing uh, and teaching our listeners about the culture, but also, like, if you want to go, like, Cuba is a brand new place Americans can visit. Granted, it's a little bit limited, but you can still apply and go and, and really discover something new and different and it sounds like a fucking great trip and I had a lot of fun talking about it and learning myself. Yeah. And if anybody, if any listeners are planning on trip or, or have questions for us, feel free to shoot messages to the, to the page and we will, uh, we'll answer them for you and yep. give you any advice we can. Yeah. Website, uh, at the Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Um, and then I can relay the message to Jeff or Cassie if they don't see it before I do. But, uh, it is gonna be. We're gonna, we're not gonna go about what we're doing. Uh, we have a lot going on. I'm working on the store. It's this episode is gonna come out next week at the time of this recording. So we'll have the plan is I'm gonna go hard in the next day or two on getting some shirts out because I know I've been talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks and I just need to focus on it and do it. So by the time this episode comes out and you're listening to this, there will be something to buy and you better fucking buy it. 
<laughs> I'll buy it. We'll buy it. So <clears throat> thanks again to Jeff and Cass for doing a fucking awesome job on their Cuba trip and research. And, and you know, glad you guys had a great time. And thanks for all the knowledge and information that you shared with me and, and everybody else. No problem, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. You guys are on this. You guys can be on the show all you want. <laughs> I'm on this show all I want yeah. already. <laughs> Jeff is already on the show. <laughs> but once again, guys and gals, thanks again for listening to At The Bar Podcast. Feel free to check us out at www.atthebarpodcast.com. And then until next time, we'll see you at the bar. Bye. Bye. Bye.